Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 331. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week, where I get to hang out with the wonderful Blueprint Live Online team, or at least one member of the team, to talk about the MCAT. We're here 331 episodes in, excited to talk about a great topic today about taking that undergraduate knowledge and using it on the MCAT to improve your score. Before we jump in though, go to blueprintmcat.com. If you haven't already, sign up for a free account where you get access to a half-length diagnostic, a free full-length exam, their amazing study planner tool, and much more. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com. George, welcome back to the MCAT podcast. How you doing? Good, good. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me back. Excited to have you. It's always good to have the friendly Canadians on the MCAT podcast. Uh, so <laughs> we can talk about yeah. writing the MCAT and, and all of that fun stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about something I think is important for those who are a little bit earlier on in their test prep for the MCAT or just thinking about the MCAT, just trying to understand the MCAT. And that is really, how do we take skills? How do we take some of that knowledge materials that we're gathering through our undergraduate years Mm. and apply that to the MCAT? I think it's potentially an often overlooked thing that, hey, your undergraduate classes are actually MCAT prep. Talk about that. (laughs) For sure, for sure. I think like... I've definitely seen this in a lot of students where as both a undergraduate mentor and going through it myself, um, I did go through the kind of the traditional route. I was a pre-med student. I had the general chemistry, the biologies, the organismal biology, cellular biology, all that kind of stuff in my first two years of undergrad. And I think for most pre-medical programs, they will have that mishmash of topics in it. Um, When you start to see the array of topics that are tested on the MCAT, it's not actually a coincidence that the same topics are coming up over and over because these are considered the foundations that you would need the basic sciences to understand some more advanced medical concepts and kind of build from there. And so from the get-go, I I understand and I've seen it a lot where the transition to university or college can be really difficult for a lot of students where you go from high school, you're doing your own thing, you come to university, bigger classes, whatever it may be. Um, And so it's really important, especially if you're thinking long term about your own medical education, your medical career, it is something that's worth taking consideration, especially for our early preppers to try a little harder in these classes, you know, figure out how you learn best. Is it with flashcards, drawing things out, writing things out? And that might differ by the class that you take. 
but it definitely does pay dividends to establish a stronger foundation. Because even for me later on, when I was writing my MCAT, it's like I hadn't seen this material in maybe one or two years, but some of those deeply, like deeply ingrained in my brain, the 1700 like wavelength is the uh, carbonyl bond or whatever on your uh, certain like graph, it, things will come back to you. And, and it can definitely help if you don't see it again in your prep or beyond. So one of the one of the questions that will come up from this conversation is okay great right we often talk about the MCAT being a mile wide but only an inch deep there are going to be so mm. many things that a student is covering in their Gen Bio Gen Chem organic chemistry classes that just aren't going to be on the MCAT the AAMC mm -hmm. just doesn't care about those topics and the knowledge that the students are learning for their their undergraduate level classes how does a student how are they supposed to know, oh, wait, this is something I should hold on to. This is something I should take a, another look at later on to help me prepare for the MCAT. Do, do you think these knowledges, uh, the knowledge and skills should be focused on knowledge? Or do you think it's really, let's just focus on skills because that's transferable no matter what? Yeah, it, it depends a little on how you look at it, because even skills itself is kind of vague. Like, what kind of what kind of skills are you are you building, right? But if we MCAT take skills, testing, nunchuck skills, yes. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. But even when it comes to test taking, test taking is a skill in itself. Like, I don't know if I've shared this story on the podcast before, but I do remember on my I think it was my biochemistry final. There was a exam where it was a multi part question. And it was like part A, part B, part C, part D. You needed to use your answer from part A to do part B, part C, part D. And I remember sitting there in the exam and like the equation that I wrote out, the, the answer for part A using that equation should never be negative. Just conceptually, that's something that should never be negative. And so I remember looking at it and I was like, well, I can't use this value for part B, part C, part D because it doesn't make sense. So as a test taking skill, it's like a delegation skill. I was like, well, I don't really know what's going on with this question. I tried it once, did the recalculation. Everything seems fine. But... The number isn't correct, so I'm going to move on to the next question. And that is an important skill for learners to have immediately, even when it's like, you know, in your undergrad, whatever test that you come across, whether it's multiple choice strategy, whether it's delegation and learning when to move on and learning when to cut your losses, because turns out 10 minutes later, the prof was like, yeah, uh, by the way, first question, uh, just cut it all out. We're not going to look at it. And you can just hear the murmurs in the room. All the students were like angry because they spent, you know, 10, 20, 50, uh, like 30 minutes on this working mm -hmm. through it. And now that question's worth nothing, right? So yeah. having that ability to develop these thinking skills early on and even test taking skills are definitely useful even later when you apply it to the MCAT. Yeah. So again, from a, a knowledge standpoint, <laughs> one, one of the things that, that some people will recommend is like, soon as you are on college campus, you're a pre-med student, you're taking your gen chem, your gen bio, go buy a set of, of blueprint MCAT books. And mm. as you're going through your general chemistry, open up the chemistry book, uh, MCAT book, and, and just start cross-referencing everything. Do you think that's a valid technique, a strategy to go, oh, this thing I'm learning right now as I'm sitting in my Chem 101 is definitely something that I should remember for my MCAT prep later on. Let me go make some flashcards for that. Let me go just flag this page or whatever so that a student, again, these the topic of this episode, materials slash skills, they're starting yeah. to build a repository of MCAT prep materials as they're going through every semester. 
That's a difficult question to answer because I think on one hand, as you study for these classes, your primary priority should be to do well in these classes, right? Because your GPA matters, your GPA in a lot of ways, when you're thinking of your pre-interview scores, it matters just as much as your actual MCAT in a lot of ways, if not more, um, in terms of ranking, in terms of, you know, getting that interview. But when it comes down to finding the overlap, I do have a lot of students who maybe are in their second or third year thinking of writing the MCAT. If there is overlap, there's always, it's always useful to think, okay, well, like two birds with one stone, right? If I have a prep course going on and I have my organic chemistry, physics class, whatever it may be, and I want to see, okay, well, here are the things I'm learning for my class. I want to do it well, but I also want to see how it's going to be tested in context. That's where doing those extra practice questions, like those MCAT-like questions, will be really helpful to kind of gear your logic towards the MCAT. Is it super useful in all cases? Yes and no. It depends on your situation. So for example, if right now you know that you're, you're not sure, you're, you're not decided if you want to apply to medical school, is it super helpful to think, okay, I'm learning organic chemistry. I might as well do the, uh, the organic chemistry MCAT stuff as well. That's up for debate, right? You want to make sure that you learn it well from the get-go. You have a strong foundation. We've talked about this before in the sense that the MCAT doesn't te test things very deep, right? If you have a familiarity, if you're, let's say, in organic chemistry, you have a really good familiarity with functional groups. You recognize the carbonyls. You recognize the, the, the alcohols. You recognize the protecting groups. Like, there are main themes that will come up over and over. And these things are often the same things that are emphasized in classes as well, right? The start, the finish, the middle, the key steps. Never the mechanisms, never the retrosynthesis. You might have to do that in class, but you will never have to do that on the NCAT because it is a thinking test. It's, not, it's, it's entirely multiple choice. You're never going to have to draw anything out. So when it comes to those specific materials... There are some advantages of, okay, well, I want to double practice the things that I want to potentially see on the MCAT one day. And mm -hmm. if you have the time and luxury to do that, sure. I think it's a nice forward thinking skill. Get some test-like practice and think, okay, well, I'm studying for my class, but I'm going to double down on the concepts that I might see on the MCAT. Great. If you don't have the time and flexibility, don't try to overwhelm yourself by thinking too far ahead. Because if you do build a really solid foundation while you're first learning it, that will help you recognize things a lot faster later. And it'll also make those connections a lot quicker when it's like, okay, I don't need to know all the advanced steps. It's really just start, finish. I've seen this before. So having those kind of like whatever your situation is, that also really matters as well. Yeah. Anything else for a, an earlier pre-med student to start doing today that is may maybe tangential to MCAT prep, but isn't specifically MCAT prep that's going to help them at other things that we haven't talked about today? Yeah, just read. Um, this is like, this is, this is a funny story, but I remember like, I used to love reading as a kid. I, you could put a book in my hand and I would just flip through the pages three hours would go by. It's like a movie playing in my head. I think there's definitely almost like, an ick factor when it comes to especially like the car section or reading through science passages whatever it may be part of the struggle is that we get so much in our own mind of oh this is meant to be a hard passage or oh like i'm a science student and i can't read you know we see it on the reddit all the time but when we have these kind of self-limiting beliefs we forget the fact that we have been reading a lot we've read a lot of books we've read a lot of things through elementary and high school to everywhere we've gone uh previously completed in the past to get to where we are today you know how to read and so if you if you read things for fun you'll start to know that your brain really can process text at a lot faster than you might think mm -hmm. and one of the things that really helped me in my own prep was that i was like okay 
Sometimes I can't even focus on these passages. It's like the words just not going in. I just started reading for fun. I would read like random books again, random articles. And it's like, yeah, your eyes scan across the screen. It's like, oh, I can process information. It's not meant to be the self-fulfilling prophecy if I can't read and all this and all that. So even early on, if you don't even want to worry about the content, you don't even want to worry about uh, the rest of the nitty gritty MCAT specific things, just read for fun. I would say that's one of the biggest skills you can build as just a critical thinker and to improve your reading comprehension just to read. And once you find the enjoyment in that, you'll transition a lot easier to the car section and then pulling out information from the sciences as well. That's the hardest thing for me. Like I, I never read for fun growing up. I read <laughs> as little as possible. Uh, it, yeah. I really struggled during medical school because there's a lot of reading. And, and reading. even like literally last night, as we're recording this last night, I, I picked up a new book that I, I was a, it was a Kickstarter book. And I was like, oh, I'm going to support this guy. And he I, I got a physical copy of this book and I opened it up and I, I read like the first page and I closed it. I'm like, I can't read books. <laughs> I just, I listen, like I listen to audiobooks. I consume yeah. tons of audiobooks. I, I consume Same. tons of podcasts. I just really struggle reading a physical book. And, and no, I, I'll, I'll do Kindle every now and then because, uh, and I think, oh, I don't know if it was you I was talking to, um, to about, um, hmm. I use, I use a Chrome extension called, about, yeah, yeah uh, uh, called Swift read and it works yeah. with Kindle books. So I, 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 yeah. um, I open up my Kindle cloud reader. So it's just through a website and I open up this Chrome extension called Swift read and it's reading four to 500 words a minute, one word at a time. And it also yeah. has voice activation, right? It's a it's a very computery kind of uh, text to speech, but I'm getting it through audio, uh, like oral uh, processing, uh, which is how I I learn. But I'm also getting that visual stimulation of the words going across, and that to me is just like that's just perfect. I I can't sit there with a piece of paper in front of me and scan the lines. I just can't scan, and it's so hard. But and I and I try I, to I scan, and then I'm like what did I just read? Like last night, literally I'm, I'm trying to read this. I'm trying to scan quicker than I normally would. And then I'm like, I have no idea what I just read. So like, this is just pointless. <laughs> I, I totally get that because I'm, I literally am the type of person I'll watch all my videos on two times speed. Now I'm like bombarded with all the social media, even like I've downloaded some of the Chrome extensions. I took your recommendation as well. And if you're thinking of efficiency, like just moving through material efficiently, that is 100% the most efficient way. But to bring it back to the MCAT, this is almost like there's two sides of the coin Mm -hmm. because you will see really dry passages in cars. You will see things that are super boring. It's literally like paint drying on a wall (laughs) and then like 600 words describing it, right? And so sometimes it's about reestablishing the baseline of, okay, I know I need to move through some stuff efficiently. Yeah, if you want to learn new skills and you're, you're getting on, you know, Audible, Swift Read, whatever it may be, and you're just learning new information, sure, right? You can do your own chores, you can wash the dishes and all of that. But I would really encourage taking 10 to 20 minutes, even if you're reading something super boring, you start to reestablish that baseline of, you know what, I can stay focused for 20 minutes, I can stay focused for 10 minutes, right? So it's not even about processing material, because I know that we're always on go-go mode, our dopamine receptors are burnt out with everything that we see across social media. And like, I I even think it's a byproduct, I speak at like 1.5x speed now, because it's just like, (laughs) that's the way my brain works. But to reestablish that baseline is also something that that takes time, but it will be really helpful. A lot of the students like say, I feel anxious in the cars uh, section or I, I feel overwhelmed or I get bored easily. 
part of it is just learning to be okay with being bored. And that, that sounds like such a strange, strange statement to make. But in our day and age, it's like we're so overstimulated with everything that we see that we forgot what it means to be bored. And so yeah. our boredom threshold has been raised that a lot of things seem boring, where if we can try to lower it back down, and whether that's just five, 10 minutes of just reading plain text, it's like an exercise, the skill of reestablishing, okay, I am okay with this, I can do this. And you know, maybe I learned something along the way. But like there is the time for the efficiency and there's the time for the reset as well, but there's definitely value in both. All right, so there you have it. Applying what you've learned in undergrad for meta, uh, for the MCAT, for medical school, maybe, maybe a little bit, but for the MCAT specifically for our episode today. Hopefully this was helpful and uh, opens your eyes to make sure that what you're doing today as an undergraduate student doesn't go to waste because you're going to use that knowledge. You're going to use the skills more specifically, usually, uh, on how to learn how to be a good student to improve your grades, improve your MCAT score, and make med school much more um, approachable. So I hope this was a great episode for you today. I hope you have a great week. Don't forget to check out blueprintmcat.com. Sign up for that free account today. This is MedEd Media.